This episode brought to you by Christmas Albums for Christmas. Are you looking for the perfect gift that is timeless but also useless for most of the year? Give the gift of Christmas albums this Christmas. Your loved ones will love seeing their favorite artists on the cover and will anticipate all year being able to play it for next Christmas. What better way to show that you tried? Buy Christmas albums today at Amazon.com to get them while their prices are marked up. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hands on Your Neck and David Day of the Dead. (laughs) New theatrical releases get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day of the Dead. <laughs> that's the that's the corny shit right there. Uh, David Day of the Dead. Hey man, I look what works on other podcasts. <laughs> hey, it's I'm Jay a... of the Dead here. Oh no, you named it. Oh, <laughs> oh god, no! I just literally thought of of a name and that worked with the dead. <laughs> I work with a guy named Jay. <laughs> I think that's that's the guy's name for horror movie podcast, right? Oh, shit, that's Jay of the Dead. I didn't mean. I did not mean to. We to did harm not you. mean that. We just came up with the shittiest name we could think. Of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you listen to this podcast and you listen to the other podcasts that are about horror movies, like I'm curious what you like and dislike about horror movie podcasts if you like the uh the nicknames like the radio memes or like the nicknames for listeners i don't know yeah yeah i i don't we just, I don't know. we're just very low effort here no it's not that i really genuinely am irritated by that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like it's like okay. i mean i listen to like uh your mom's house and Gene, yeah, they, <laughs> they, they they've got stuff that works and it's funny. Well, it's it's funny because it makes fun of that shit. They call <laughs> each other Gene, and <laughs> they're both named Gene, and it's because your mom wears jeans, like mom jeans. <laughs> it's like that. They they've made such an effort to go out of their way to make fun of that bullshit that it works for me. Yeah. So, anyways, check out our website horrormovietalk.com. And on there, you'll find links to our social media, Facebook, Twitter. You could even hit us up on Reddit. We've got a subreddit that no one goes on except us, but consistently gets two or three upvotes somehow. It's pretty great. Yeah. We also just joined uh, Amazon Associates, and so there's a link on our website to Amazon where we have listed their horror movie section and their DVDs, but you can click through on any of those titles, and if they have it streaming, you can watch on there. A small, tiny, teeny, tiny portion of anything you spend on Amazon after clicking through that link for a little while um, after goes to us. So if you want to support the show, that's one way. Another thing to note is that we have Shudder as a sponsor. They were very generous to us, and we want to be generous to them. If you're a listener and curious about Shudder, um, the movie we're talking about today is available on Shutter, and the movie we're talking about next week is actually available on Shutter. And if you use the code HMT at checkout, you get 30 days for a free trial, as opposed to the standard seven. So uh, 
yeah, if you're on the fence about trying out Shutter, go ahead and try it with our with our code. You can give it a whole month. Um, also, still doing the audience survey on the site. You'll find a link in the main navigation, or if you're on the post for this episode, it'll be in the sidebar. Uh, we'd love to hear any of your thoughts and uh, what kind of ratings you'd give of the podcast. We're always looking to improve, and we want to understand who's listening and, and what you're like. Oh, also, hey. Hey. You're listening to this podcast. Yeah. It's probably about a third of you are on iTunes. At least. So please, 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 baby, please leave us a review. It's real easy. A rating on just, iTunes. Just review us. Just give us a few stars. Be like, these guys blow chunks, but give it five stars. <laughs> no, don't really do that. Or maybe do. I don't know. It could be funny. I just want ratings. We know that. To get on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like the, I don't know, for some reason, an, an ego goal for us. It's what we aspire to. Um, it's going to take two years, first of all. <laughs> so we got time. But we also need 200 reviews on iTunes, which is a lot. So please, leave us leave us a review, uh, a rating on iTunes, and uh, let us know what you think. All you mommies out there, get out there and oh. review. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what would we call our... Our listeners. Ma- I like mommies. mommies. I'm just going to steal no, it directly from your mom's house. It. We do talkers. What? No. Because it's horror movie talk. Okay, let's just call them whores. Whores. Horrors. <laughs> I like that. All you horrors. Uh, mom, see, your, mom's is, get, your mom listens to this podcast. Me, it makes me uncomfortable thinking about this <laughs> it would make me so much more uncomfortable calling listeners it's that's why it something. has to be a joke yeah it has to be something goofy and funny like mommies your mom listens to this podcast and my su- suggestion of horrors uh my maybe, mom would be so disappointed in maybe me. it like, could oh, be david based off of hmt be humpters humpters oh humpters <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. Yeah. I, oh. All right. Today, <laughs> man, we're taking a lot of time. Uh, you want content, and we got it. Today, we'll be talking about Black Christmas. Uh, we'll start out giving a brief review and a score for the movie. We score on a scale of one to ten. One being a miserable dredge. Ten being best movie of the year, if ever, on the horror genre. In the horror genre, and five being just completely average, you get what you expected, and nothing more and nothing less. Um, later, we'll be playing a couple games. Taglines is a bit where we come up with um, alternate taglines for the movie, and kill count is where I give David a couple choices of movies, and he has to decide which has the higher body count. I'm Thanks. very bad at it. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Uh, so let's get into the show. Um, in our first of our series of Christmas horror movies this month, we watched Black Christmas, and it was influential. Yeah, that's fair.
high school girl's been murdered. Mr. Harrison's daughter is missing. And now at the house where she lives, the other girls are getting obscene phone calls. Yeah, what I've done is I've tapped this phone so that when it rings, it'll ring at the station house, too. There was a little girl murdered over in the park tonight. Yes, I heard. Your phone's ringing. those idyllic scenes out of your childhood. Crisp winter nights, star bright, sleigh bells, crackling yule logs, candlelight glistening off of shimmering Christmas trees, chestnuts roasting over open fires, carolers beneath snow-covered window ledges. Remember those. Remember them well. After Black Christmas, they'll never be the same again. Black Christmas, starring Olivia Hussey, Keir Dulay, Margot Kidder, and starring John Saxon as Lieutenant Fuller. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Holy shit! <laughs> that's the longest trailer we've ever played. Holy and that's about God. the experience of watching Black Christmas. It way, feels way too long. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, I, what did was this from a time when people had nothing but time? <laughs> like I got shit to do. <laughs> Good fucking god. Uh, okay, Black Christmas can be found streaming on Shutter right now. Um, so again, if you don't have a Shutter account, use promo code HMT to check out to get a thirty day free trial. You can also find it on DVD or Blu Ray at Amazon. Be sure to click through the link on our website to support the show. Yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> if you loved the story of Ralphie and his Red Ryder BB gun in a Christmas story, then you'll love this other Christmas classic by Bob Clark. In Black Christmas, the Phi Kappa Sigma sorority receives a strange and obscene uh, receives strange and obscene phone calls during their Christmas party right before Christmas break. The reactions to the phone call range from disgust and offense to amusement. Barb, played by Margot Kidder, which you might recognize from Superman, the the original Superman movie, fires back her own obscenities in return, to which the phone call ends with a sobering, I'm going to kill you. 
I'm going to kill you. The faceless killer, which can be described most accurately as a maniac, then stalks and kills several inhabitants of Phi Kappa Sigma. The sorority tries to get the police to take them seriously. Uh, when they can't find a missing sister, but the police don't take any action until a dead body shows up in the park. There is also a relationship storyline that you won't care about. Almost at all. Black Christmas uh, was an interesting movie, uh, but not the most entertaining. There were a lot of firsts in this movie, and much better horror movies have stolen from it to greater effect. Um We'll talk about this later, but I believe it's the first per- first movie with the uh, the calls are coming from inside the house in movie format. Um, it's not technically the first first person's perspective for the killer, but definitely um, one of the more influential ones. It was it was the first holiday horror movie. Um, so with all these interesting firsts, you would think that would be a great movie, but the sum is lesser than its parts, and it ends up being rather dull. Yeah. And I don't think it's just because I was tired when we watched it. Um, no. I think it's it's a, it's a 70s movie, so they take their time. Um, what, what's interesting is it's not gory enough to satisfy, like, slasher fans, and it's not dreadful enough to be a great psychological horror it's just okay of both yeah this is primarily to to my eye this is an editing and pacing problem that <clears throat> i mean there's a lot of really interesting content here yeah and then there's a bunch more bullshit that could just be <laughs> totally cut out yeah and then the They'd remade it in, like, 2006 or something. I'm almost curious to see it, if they actually used the same plot, but just pulled it off better. Yeah. Um, This was 74, right? 70, yes. 74. It was the same year as uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Um, So, it's it's really dark. It has a dark tone and has kind of a cinema verite feel to it. But it undercuts itself with some clumsy attempts at humor. Um, there are some things that work, mainly the phone calls and the cinematic treatment of the killer. But the main plot and the characters are just solid meh. Yeah. Just I couldn't care less. I wanted, like, this movie would have been phenomenal if uh, that real uh, spongy middle part was cut out. Mm-hmm. And if they had given a lot more reverence and focus to the to the killer yeah because he was he was super perverted and interesting right from the get-go right so i gave it a score of four out of ten um i could probably be swayed to go lower but yeah four out of ten there was like i said there was some good stuff in it that was notable and i can understand why a lot of other horror movies have stolen from it but the execution just wasn't that great. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you almost a hundred percent on this. This is a this is a pretty good example of a solid four. It's not. There's no travesty going on here. It's a serviceable movie, but it's just it suffers from itself. Yeah, it's one of those that it's a cult classic in a sense, and so you expect a cult classic to go to and to be better. Than you would expect it to be. Right. Like, oh, I understand why this is so fun. 
you know? Yeah. Sleepaway camp was that way for me. Right. I feel like, okay, yeah, there's great stuff in here. I'm on board. You know? Uh, but this one, it was just a movie that got attention. I, I read up, apparently, it critics didn't like it. It didn't do good at the box office, but as the years went on, it gained kind of a cult status. Yeah. To yep. where it's like, probably gets a lot more reverence than it deserves. Sometimes I, I watch stuff and I'm like, hey, that's not that good. I don't understand why people like it so much. And then I read the critics didn't like it back then either. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, maybe it's just not good then. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it, it makes sense. It's also, I mean, it's clearly a pillar, right? It's clearly has done some firsts that others that, that that did work well in this movie and and carried over into other movies. You know, it, it set up tropes. Yeah. So let's get into spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. So, a couple things to talk about. Let's talk about some of those firsts that um, are associated with Black Christmas. Um, a lot of them aren't technically first, but they're probably it's probably the most notable right. out of them. It's it's notable firsts. Yeah. So it's regarded as one of the first slasher films. Uh, came out the same year as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, but preceding it, there's Bay of Blood, Psycho, Peeping Tom, um, all preceded this movie, um, which were technically slashers, but you know, this, this is more along, well, I don't know. It just didn't, this is, didn't really feel like a slasher movie. It this didn't, is the, didn't put a lot of emphasis on it. No, this is the early evolution of the modern day slasher, mm-hmm. right? So this is what led to Halloween. There's a pretty direct correlation between between this and Halloween, and, and there, there is a direct correlation. Yeah, we'll exactly. Talk, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, Bob Clark, the director, always considered it more of a psychological horror film than a slasher film. Yeah, which makes sense. As far as if you're if you're looking for a hardline slasher, I mean, aside from maybe Psycho. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is probably the most solid and right. the most impressive. Um, it was the first seasonal horror film. So it was the first to base itself around a holiday. Um, next came up Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th, Prom Night, Mother's Day, Graduation Day, My Bloody Valentine, Silent Night, Deadly Night was in 84, much later, um, and April Fool's Day. April so, Fool's Day is a movie? That's that's interesting to me that it was the first that it was like, huh, let's do an event movie around a holiday. Isn't that crazy that yeah. that was only, that was only 74 that they started getting, yeah. uh, capitalizing on holidays. And then the first, um, probably the first notable movie that was about the calls coming from inside the house. Yeah, could you find any any evidence that there were others before this? There was there was a film a year earlier called The Severed Arm in which a radio announcer is call, called repeatedly by the killer who is the operator so, so is soon discovered to be inside the studio on another phone. And then there's some like TV movie starring Kirk Douglas um that had kind of that that trope in it. But I'm pretty sure this is probably the most famous out of those. It seems like it. Um, the most famous first. Yeah. <clears throat> Obviously, you got Scream. 
So yeah, I mean, there's there's some first, and like all those tropes are very interesting. Like there's a lot of stuff you can do with those mm-hmm. to like build up dread and have characters talking about it and exploring themes of like Christmas and what what are the feelings around Christmas and how does this you know you know inform those and what about calls coming from inside or what about the calls that are it's like yeah they don't really explore it that much it's just kind of just part of it yeah it is it's definitely a part of the fabric of this movie and and it's a trope and it works because it plays on like a very basic fear right yeah. i mean who hasn't felt that feeling of like what was that in the house what was that was that a person yeah um so how did you feel about the characters was there anyone you actually cared about in the movie uh yeah uh jess i thought was uh, and i and i remarked during the movie uh like i she's a woman who reminded me that women have always been gorgeous and beautiful like classically throughout time cuz there's this weird thing that women in in you know in pop culture throughout the ages they're so stylized in the style at the time that i find it difficult to find to 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 be very very attracted to them right but Jess was so pretty and so classically um like my type and so just generally like she just had her hair she didn't do anything wacky with her hair at the time that I immediately I was very empathetic w- with her and I and I liked I liked looking at her and 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 I felt scared for her so she was played by Olivia Hussey so so there you go there you go yeah um looking at her other notable movies just a second yeah she wasn't really anything that i recognized she was um in the it tv movie apparently she played audra deborah or something like that i can't remember if that's one of the main uh cast or if that's one of the parents or something uh she was also juliet in a adaptation of romeo and juliet Back that, in that makes sense. Yeah, sixty eight. Yeah, she did that. But Black Christmas is right on top of her profile for yeah. for her IMDb. Yeah, she did a good job. <clears throat> Margot Mar- Margot Kidder Kidder also did a good job. Yeah, Margot Kidder played Barb, and she was kind of the brassy, you know, drunk drunk throughout the movie, which probably matches Margot Kidder a little bit. Do you think? I, I don't know anything about Margot Kidder. I feel like I've heard that she had some kind of drinking problem or or something. Well, it was a very natural job that she did. Yeah. So maybe. Um, I don't know. For me, I didn't. I didn't really care about any of the characters necessarily or what was going on. Like, like I said, the relationship plotline between Jess and Peter. Peter's her musician boyfriend, and she is pregnant and she wants to get an abortion and Peter wants to quit the conservatory and get married and and have the baby. Yeah. It's a lot of like real world drama that you'd like, yeah, you could tell a story about this, but it was so, it felt like so paint by numbers of like 
this yeah. is a situation now, and it's probably more impactful back in the early 70s where probably even just talking about abortion was a new thing. Scary in and in, of itself. In mainstream culture. So, but it doesn't really have the same impact now. Just, yeah. Just that concept to where it's right. Like, it's not relatable in the same way. Yeah. That's a really good point because this movie really worked hard at being very shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, like, if you want to see shocking, go ahead and take a look at our our page at HorrorMovieTalk.com on, on this movie. There will be the poster for this movie, which is really fucking upsetting. <laughs> it's a murdered woman with a bag pulled over her head uh-huh. with uh, framed like framed by a big Christmas wreath. And it almost looks like she's smiling, but really she's just rigor mortis. Yeah, this is one of those situations where the movie is feels like a normal movie, but then it, there's just parts of it that go over the edge. Way over the edge. That you're like, whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like they went there, and then it just goes on like nothing really happened. Yeah, and it's... It's not like... I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it starts at 11. Yeah. You know, it's like... You know what you're getting into, and it just stays there. That's exactly right. But this one, it's it feels like a normal movie, and all of a sudden, it's just like, whoa! They, I mean, there is stuff in the phone calls that would be shocking to hear now. Yeah, it was in a, a movie. Yeah, I was. We were watching it with uh, with my wife Carrie, and like we, like I felt, I was like, oh Jesus Christ! I wish you, hey, could you tone down the c word a little bit? <laughs> yeah, like, please. Um, and we'll play play that later. Um, Mrs. Mack, we can talk about her for a second. <laughs> she is the sorority mom. And she, I made the comment while we were watching this, this time period of movies is you've got the, um, you know, in the early 70s, you still have the middle-aged, like, vaudevillians yeah. that they made their money on the circuit. Right. Or there was a, just a different style of humor and and uh entertainment back then to where they still creep into the 70s movies where it's like completely over the top and like hey drunk people are funny yeah you know mrs mack was playing to the back of the crowd right (laughs) (laughs) she was like if there if you are going out of the theater to get the popcorn that you forgot to get you would still appreciate this performance right. from outside of the theater. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh she's very much a burlesque right or vaudevillian actor and yeah. it's just like wow, you you really are hamming it up quite a bit. Yeah, and like <laughs> which is fun. She she like opens a book with a cutout for her bottle of brandy that she takes out and drinks. Uh, which I don't quite understand why she wouldn't just be able to drink it in the open. Oh no, I think she says like the, all the all the girls would probably drink it if she, it was out in the open. Right, she has open. to hide it. And then the other one, she's like brushing her teeth, and then she reaches into the back of a toilet. And this is a Bryce called it moment. Yeah, because I thought it'd be funny. I'm yeah. just like, they should just have her. I just said like, oh it's, no, that's just her mouthwash. Yeah, he she pulls it out of the toilet and Bryce goes, "Oh, that's just her mouthwash. That's not alcohol." And then she <laughs> treats it only as mouthwash. Yeah, she doesn't she doesn't drink it. She just rinses her mouth and spits. And she's like, <laughs> "Back into the toilet uh, uh, tank you go." Right. Alcohol, very uh, 
broad. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so what worked about this movie? Definitely, definitely the phone calls and the killer. Yeah. I would have liked a lot, 100% more emphasis on f- maybe... I don't know if it would ruin it to f- have some backstory on the killer, but man, he was he was a piece of work. Yeah, and I think there's it's interesting because I felt like there was a disconnect between what was on the phone call and their reactions. Of like they could do a lot more with that the people's reactions to it, and just being like, this is going beyond just a creepy guy doing a prank phone call. This is like really disturbing it was so disturbing that I, like now thinking back on it i almost wonder if they just didn't record a, a manic person like an actual a person having an episode right because it was I, I can't imagine someone pulling that out yeah so i mean one of the reasons why there's that disconnect is that um they didn't the actors weren't listening to that recording oh that makes sense and it was just like bob clark on the set saying pretty upsetting things but not what was actually in the film oh it, it was then, it was the director <clears throat> no not the the recording that we hear in the oh, film is not the director he but, was giving them direction yeah. by by saying upsetting things yeah. to them and then later they they dubbed in something else right and the actual phone call it's yeah it, it sounds like a crazy person and multiple voices and it actually was multiple voices there was Bob Clark was one of the voices, now that I remember it. Bob Clark was one, and then the main voice is an actor, and then there was some woman that did some of the woman voices. Yeah. Anyways, this is a, it's a lot easier to listen to than explain it, so here's a clip. Okay. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Hello? Hey, quiet! It's him again! The Mona! That's the Mormon Tabernacle Choir doing their annual obscene phone call. Fuck my juicy cock. I'll come over 
Listen, you pervert, why don't you go over to Lambakai? They could use a little of this. Piggy cut. You want my fat cock too? Oh, why don't you go find a wall socket and stick your tongue in it? That'll give you a charge. I'll stick my tongue up your pretty pussy. You fucking creep! I'm going to kill you. Chills. Yeah, so... It's pretty great. It's, I mean, for a horror movie, I mean, it's over the top in every yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. It does to me. Like, it's shocking. It's shocking to me if that's not a, a, a person losing their mind. Yeah, it feels there's not enough um, maniacs in horror movies that are just basically like a crazy person on the street ranting to themselves. That's really disturbing. It is to to watch or experience, and so. That's what they're going for here, and it's really disturbing. Yeah, a movie based around, uh, like, a schizophrenic who's really lost it, who's really yeah. gone very deep into that well would would be, oof, it'd be scary. Yeah, and then it just ended up with, like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> just, yeah. like, totally. A, a moment of total con- clarity. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not the kind of clarity you want to hear. So, yeah, that's one of the best. The, that's one of the best parts of the movies and that's probably like how it's survived and become notable is because it's so shocking and yeah yeah it, it is go- scary it goes from it goes from a normal christmas movie with normal people to yeah 11 it, it's just oh good lord that's what is what did he say like over and over again <laughs> the other really effective thing is not showing the killer the most you can see from the killer is his eye, which is enough to be really disturbing. <laughs> that eye through the door, yeah, or like just in the barely seeing it in the light, is like predatory. Yeah, it's it, it was is, scary. Yeah, it was. It was a scary eye. It was a. It was. It was like looking at a. It. It, it was like almost like looking at an animal, mm. you know. But it was clearly a person. It just had that mania inside it yeah and that's great because that's exactly who who this this character in the movie was was a complete psychopath like a total maniac yeah and throughout the whole movie it's kind of teasing who who the killer could possibly be and it's very heavily like trying to tease you towards it's peter the musician boyfriend it's so much so that i knew that it wasn't yeah and i'm like all right well that's that's so obvious that there's no way they would do that. And that yeah, that's another trope that that I don't know probably didn't originate with this right. movie, but definitely works well and was furthered quite a bit in the horror genre with this movie. Yeah, but the they show nothing. You never get to see a full shot of the killer's face or anything other than that little eye and uh, little eye action. Yeah, and. It works so well that John Carpenter actually wrote a script for a sequel to oh, Black damn. Christmas um, that never got made but was changed into Halloween. Oh. So it makes a lot of sense that Halloween was basically a uh, spiritual successor to Black yeah. Christmas because a lot of the the dread in Halloween is about not knowing who the th- killer is or what their motivation is. It's just 
a crazy person. Right. And and it's clear that John I mean that watching Halloween, it's clear that John Carpenter had some of the same wishes for Black Christmas as we did, which is I need a little bit more backstory on the killer. And I need to care more about the victim. I need to care more about the victims and I kinda wanna see the killer a little bit. Yeah. Not a lot. Definitely not enough to empathize or with Or just him. the the idea that it's less about a person and more about a presence. It's more about like, an idea of a killer. Yeah. Yeah. Of the lack of understanding of their motivation and why they're doing things and who they are. Right. Yeah. You, you have nothing to base it off of. So. Right. So John Carpenter's Halloween took it and fleshed it out quite a bit more. But I, I'll say that Halloween... Does not have the sense of out of control mania that right. that uh, Black Christmas does. Yeah. That killer in Black Christmas, I mean, I've said it a couple times now. I'll say it again. He's just a l- absolute raving lunatic. Yeah. I mean, to describe it uh, him as a maniac and like most films that dis- dis- use that term maniac is like it just means a bad guy. But this one was no. He's he's a maniac. Yeah, he's he's lost his mind. Yeah, and and he's living in your house, <laughs> right? With you, that and he's hiding from you, right? Um, the last thing that kind of worked for me was more of just it was interesting. Was the phone tracking? <laughs> that was really that, interesting. That giant room of like machines and stuff that are clickety clacking. They're like, gotta find where the phone call's coming from. Gotta trace that call. Yeah, that was super interesting. You're absolutely right. And um, mostly because I just want to know what that is. Like, what were those? Yeah, it was. Like, it, how did that work back then? It was like uh, you know, in 2001 Space Odyssey. I'm talking to the audience right now. You you know, in 2001 Space Odyssey, when he goes into that huge room that compri- that that Hal's brain is comprised of, and there's just slots and slots and slots. It's a it's this is a building made of of slots and slots and slots and just tons of whirring machinery, and uh, and it's pretty pretty neat to think that you know that's. <laughs> You know that was what uh, all, the the phone system of the world was. You know, just a bunch of big rooms that had a bunch of whirring, clicking machines inside. Now it's just little pieces, little server equipment, yeah, sitting in a server room somewhere. <clears throat> Not nearly as interesting, but yeah, that was pretty pretty cool part of the movie. So what what parts of the movie didn't work for you? There was a big middle <laughs> part of this movie. The start and the end were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the middle of this movie kind of just kind of meandered around and didn't really just kind of looked at its watch and then then kind of looked back at me and was like, oh, so you're still here, huh? <laughs> I was like, oh, please go. Yeah, now that I think of it, the killer... There is a couple murders, but no one really even notices them. Right. The first one is like, where's our friend? Something bad might have happened, so they like get try to get the police and investigate, but they never. Been... I don't think they even really mentioned that the school m- mom like just stopped being there. Yeah, they're like, hey, no one was even like, hey, where'd she go? Yeah, it was just like she must have gotten drunk and wandered off or something like. So the effects and like the increased dread of the killer was all relying on dramatic irony of the audience understanding what's going on and yeah. no one else. But I think it would have been better if there were more like, hey, 
people are disappearing. We re- where the mm-hmm. heck are they? Let's look in their room for them. Right. <laughs> no, but he he was up in the attic. Like the 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 movie opens with him climbing a trellis up 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 to the top of this very castle like old you know building where Pi Sigma Kappa is. Uh, and uh, and then he like breaks into the attic space, and then that's kind of where he operates out of for the rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah, but but it didn't really capitalize too much on the fact that these people are missing, and he's kind of keeping them up in the attic. Yeah, every once in a while you get a shot of the first girl with a bag over her head, who's just kind of rigor mortis, rigor mortis looking out the window there. But yeah, that was another really good part of the movie. That first death was great. Yeah. Because he's hiding inside like a closet, like a what's it called? Walking like closet? a dry cleaning bag. Oh, that's hanging up in the closet, and he makes the sound like a kitty to get her to come investigate. That's right. And he comes and then just wraps her head in plastic and suffocates her. Yeah, you know. So every time I see someone be, uh, um, you know, be suffocated, <laughs> suffer. Every time I see someone suffer from suffocation. Or something like that. I think, specifically plastic. <laughs> this is this is what happens when you run when you run a a horror movie review podcast uh-huh. and website is you get to say things like every time I see someone suffocate under a plastic bag, I think, boy, I could get out of that no problem. <laughs> I just chew the plastic a little bit and that create air holes and then I suck air. Yeah, I would put up a lot more struggle than that girl did. Now you're just blaming the victim, David. I'm sorry. Um, so what didn't work for me was just basically the entire subplot of the relationship, the abortion and stuff. It added happening. some tension, but really overall it, it just detracted yeah. from the movie. It was just basically to set it up to where the boyfriend had a motive to be the killer, but I never believed he was, so it didn't add anything. Yeah. It was just filler. Yeah. We gotta have something in there. Uh, what are the kids talking about th- these days? Abortion, abortion, cut, uh, print. The other thing that didn't really work for me was the buy low, sell high. <laughs> was the humor? Yeah. Um, I mean, the mix of like the vaudevillian and like the crass humor of like kind of teen comedy movies that never really fully commits. Shock jocks that didn't know what they were doing, kind of. Yeah, just had a cool. had a minute where it was like, uh, Barb's boyfriend or someone's boyfriend was playing like a real slovenly uh, Santa Claus that was just swearing while kids were sitting on his lap, and that was supposed to be funny. Yeah. Like, oh look at him, he's swearing, but it was literally that was the joke. It, the swearing didn't even make sense. It's strange. He was to me. like, "Merry Christmas, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Merry yeah. Christmas and shit. <laughs> and while like these kids are coming up to sit on his lap, and Margot Kidder is in the background drinking and giving sips to the children, and you're like, "Wow, three edgy for me." Yeah. Do you three edgy five me? Sorry. Do you um? Are you like me? When you think of the 50s, do you think about them in black and white? Uh, sure. Do you, cause, so, 
when I think of the 50s, because of all the shows from the 50s that I've seen, grew up watching Lassie and, and all, all these movies and stuff, I think my mom in the 50s was black and white. <laughs> I, just, I just have that filter over it. <laughs> now, in a, similar, in a similar thing that's going on, I believe that everyone before 1980 had a garbage sense of humor, barely understood, <laughs> barely understood humor at all. Basically, they were troglodytes when it came to anything that was funny at all. It was just, you know, you could you could just say a word and get a laugh almost. It was so simple and simple-minded. Now, it's probably not true. Just like people in the 50s weren't black and white and that's me being stupid people probably had a pretty decent sense of humor always <laughs> but boy does it seem like from the pop culture that i get it seems like you're dumb and easily amused right uh, another thing that didn't quite work and we've already talked about the pace it's just real big middle part and uh, it didn't seem like there was much tension uh, going on other than the audience understanding what's going on and no one else. Um, my last bullet for what didn't work was 70s audio. For some reason, it was like the audio on this movie was so 70s that it was distracting to me. Where it's like just way it sounds like it's all recorded on a, you know, a tape, which it was. And the compression or just like the the quality of the audio was i don't know as far as i can tell the only copies of this movie that exist are not remastered at all yeah so They're it's originals so it was like just distracting just the listening to it was um what do i'd say taxing yeah you know yeah yeah there's like you know there's static anomalies and that kind of stuff yeah. that are uh kind of extemporaneous to yeah the whole but thing. that's nitpicky and that's just like yeah i don't like movies that are black and white right you know <laughs> yeah. i don't like movies that sound I, like they're taped on a tape i don't like subtitles yeah so um anyways um final recommendations for who would like this what do you think I think I think if you want to see a piece of horror history, this is this is a you know a, a this is a piece of horror history. If you watch Chainsaw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, and you want a bit of a toned down version, uh, but but similarly alarming, like it, it's strange to th it's strange to think that after watching Texas or uh, Chainsaw. That it was made in 1974 because it's so fucked up. Yeah. And this movie is similar in that way. Apart from that, if you're into, like, if you need a Christmas horror movie, watch it. Yeah, I, I put down people wanting to watch an ironic Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And it also is really interesting just because it's made by the same guy that did A Christmas Story. Yeah, did we glance over that? I mean, you did say I it, mentioned it, but yeah, this is the guy who did a Christmas story. You know, with Ralphie in the bunny suit, mm -hmm. the so wholesome, the Christmas classic that you watch, basically the Wonder Years movie, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and he also did Porky's, 
Yeah, Porky's and Porky's too. Yeah. And he did. Sorry, there's one more. He also did Baby Geniuses. I damn it, <laughs> damn it! You uh, you, you found it. You found the thing that I was hoping to keep a secret for purposes of, of my own. <laughs> anyway, you'll find out in a little bit. Just stay tuned. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it was okay. It's not. Don't go out of your way to see it. Yeah, it's not a must see. But if you do see it, see it on Shutter and use our promo code HMT at checkout. Moving on. Here's tagline. All right. <laughs> oh no. All right. Here's the first one. Black Christmas, I gave you a call the very same night you suffocated. Oh no. <laughs> Do it again. Torture us. Again? No, don't. Okay. Good, because I don't want to. Okay. Mine is similarly uh, face palmy. <laughs> all the sounds that guy made were like i can't imagine getting into a sound booth and being like okay lose your mind (laughs) and go there was a trivia bit where to get like a certain sound he he literally stood on his head to compress his thorax like Uh. Ugh. He sounded a lot like um, the uh, demon in The Exorcist in some parts. Yeah, there was a lot of weird and unique and never before heard like human registry right. register stuff. <laughs> okay, Black Christmas, not a Tyler Perry production. <laughs> <laughs> it works on so many levels. <laughs> One, I guess. Black Christmas. The, oh, so actually, this I, I didn't write this tagline. This is the real tagline from the movie. But I felt it was so notable that it <laughs> needed to be okay. in the taglines. If this, <laughs> if this picture doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Yeah, that's a tagline that just makes you go, wait, what? It was so your weird. Your skin is too tight. Your skin's on too tight? So it can't. Wait. The picture is on you too tight if it doesn't make your skin crawl. No, I think I was saying your skin is too tight. If this doesn't make your skin crawl, oh, maybe it's, it's saying, on too tight. Maybe it's saying loosen up. <laughs> <laughs> like stretch. Obviously, just a great tagline. I'm glad that they picked that one. Right. Uh, Black Christmas. Next time, just go Christmas. No, sorry. <laughs> Black Christmas. Next time, just go home for the holidays. Yeah. Just. Keep it, keep it at home. Black Christmas, something, something. Maybe Superman will save Margot Kidder. Something, something. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> like Margot Kidder dies later, Superman turns back time, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, by flying around the Earth really fast. 
Um, okay, Black Christmas. Ever thought the crazy hobo ranting on the street was scary? Well, just imagine he's calling you from your attic. <laughs> oh, too close to home, man. Yeah, it, it's spooky in that exact way. Yeah. It's like the, the insane person who's yelling profanities out on the street worked their way into your attic and then started using your phone to call you. <laughs> yeah. Black Christmas. From the producers of Bag Over Your Head 1 and the writer of Heavy Breather 2 and the director of Baby Geniuses, we bring you Black Christmas. <laughs> All right, final one. Black Christmas. Santa's not the only one with his eye on you. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now... One, one, two, two three, four, five, three, six, seven, eight, four, nine, ten, five, one, 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 six, one, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, Okay, Kill Count is a game where I read off two movies, and David has to choose which one has the higher body count in them. Uh, this round is will be the mystery edition, so these are all technically mystery movies versus mm -hmm. horror movies. Okay, first up, all right. the number 23, starring Jim Carrey, oh, 2007, mystery, I, I versus... Friday the 13th, and it says 2009, so it's the remake of Friday the 13th. I, which I've not seen. I've not seen the remake of Friday the 13th. I did recently, uh, within the past year, uh, attempt to make it through the number, or is it called the number 23? Mm -hmm. uh, I think I made it three quarters of the way through and then was like, what the fuck is going on? And quit. I saw Jim Carrey on interviews for that movie, and he was so insufferable that I was like, I am just don't ever want to see that movie. Yeah. Because it, it, he was pushing it so hard, you could tell it was just a god-awful movie. Yeah. That he was move. like just doubling down, and he was a point in his career where like everyone was like, eh, do we really need Jim Carrey around still? <laughs> <laughs> and like he was like, this is... This is where I'm going to make it. This is like where I'm going to finally prove that I'm not just Jim Carrey. I'm a serious actor. And then it's like, uh, no thanks. Yeah, it was rough. Um, it would be ironic if the body count in 23 was not 23, but I doubt it is. I think it's probably <laughs> one or two. <laughs> oh, wait, now you're laughing. And what was the movie that we're going up against? Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, the remake. I'm going with... Uh, it seems obvious, and it is obvious, Friday the 13th. You are correct. Yeah. It's really close. Number 23 has 10 kills in it. Of course. Friday the 13th has 14. How did 10 people die in the number 23? Uh, well, I guess it was a heavily conspiracy theory-ish kind of movie, mm -hmm. so I guess that mechanics. Next movie, A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, the original Versus 8mm from oh. 1999 starring Nick Cage. Dude, 8mm like, has this weird pedestal in my mind because it was so fucked up. Like, the, like I saw it when I was too young to see it, which was probably around 99, mm -hmm. which any kid is probably too young to see 
a movie about like snuff films and like yeah. child pornography and that kind of stuff. And the gimp has yeah. like a gimp guy in it. Yeah, it. But I or no, he's the machine. Was that the one? I can't say. I am the machine. I can't I say that I that I saw the whole thing, but I saw enough of it to to really get a very foul feeling from it. Uh, and then Friday the Thirteenth, which no, a nightmare. I'm sorry, on Elm Street. A, a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it, but I said a Friday Thirteenth. Um, I'm gonna go with Eight Millimeter on this one because it's a movie about snuff films. You are correct. Ye. Eight Millimeter had seven kills. Nightmare on Elm Street only had four. Yeah, yeah, because it was about like a group of kids. Yeah. Get yeeted on, Bryce. I know. All right. The Bourne Identity, 2002, starring Matt Damon versus Plan 9 from Outer Space, 1959. What was the first one? The Bourne Identity. The Plan 9 from Outer Space wiped my memory completely as soon as you said that i was like what is happening where am i uh i'm gonna go with the born identity because it's gotta have it's he was he was so busy killing people yeah you're right yeah only one more though oh wow plan nine had seven and born identity had eight god that's so unimpressive isn't that crazy my brother loves those Born Identity movies, and I cannot get into them at all. Action movies, man, something about them. Um, okay, number four, Donnie Darko, 2001 Mystery, versus Grindhouse Death Proof, which is Quentin Tarantino's half of Death of uh, Grindhouse, 2007. It's, uh, it's gotta be gotta be grindhouse yeah i didn't pick that these very well no you did but yeah poorly donnie darko had three and grindhouse had six see but you did you did still choose them so close together yeah it's just the psychology of that you used was incorrect yeah because donnie darko i mean it just must be like the original crash or whatever yeah the crash of the airplane into the house but did anybody die he died yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, spoilers. Um, okay, last one. Conspiracy Theory, 1997, starring Mel Gibson, versus The Last House on the Left, 2009. So that's a remake. Hmm. I really like that remake, by the way. I... This one, I feel like there's some psychology on your part going on here. So I'm going to go ahead because the obvious choice is the last house on the left. See, but now you're making a face at me that makes me. It's the. Uh, now I'm reversing my decision and I'm saying it was the last house on the left. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Now I know it's right. Wrong. Oh. Conspiracy theory had seven. I was almost at a hundred percent. Last house on the left had six. <laughs> oh man, super, super bummer, man. I I was on the, that's that was the best role. Yeah, I've ever that been was on, a good streak. Yeah. 
Um, so you stopped overthinking yourself, and then you had a lot of success, and then you started again. I got back into my head, yeah. and everything went to shit. Um, well, tell us how you did on Twitter. How many you got right? Yeah, get yeeted on. Okay, everyone, thank you for listening. That is the show for today. Please, if you like it, or even if you think you know someone that'll like it, share it with a friend. Again, if you wanted to watch Black Christmas, or if you want to watch the next film we're reviewing, which is Silent Night, Deadly Night, get a subscription to Shudder. Shudder.com with two Ds. And Double use, Ds. use the code HMT at checkout to get 30 days free trial instead of just the seven. Uh, also... If you're going to do some Christmas shopping, be sure to visit our website and click through our Amazon link in the top header so that we could get a little bit of love from Amazon. And also, if you'd like to give us feedback, we have the audience survey in the main nav or on the post for the show. It's in the sidebar, a big, ugly yellow button. Just take a couple minutes. Uh, we'd like to understand who you are and what you value about the show and what you would like us to change. Again, special thanks to Shudder for being a sponsor. And we'll do a couple shout-outs. Like, why not? I like comics. I like comicsonline.com is a great place to buy comics. Or if you're local to Vancouver, they're downtown Vancouver. Um, Comic Book Emporium. They mm-hmm. got everything they got toys they got trade paperbacks single issue they got like a huge library of incredibly historic and notable uh comics that you can you know you could buy if you have a couple thousand dollars laying around uh so yeah check them out they're on broadway in downtown vancouver washington also i like comicsonline.com and then uh shout out to 12 days of horror on twitter they're, they've got a cool uh, horror group where they share and we retweet each other, and they've really helped us out grow our Twitter followership. Um, if you are on Twitter, be sure to follow us at HorrorMovieTalk. Um, and that's it for the show. Thank you so much for listening, and see you next week where we'll be reviewing Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yay! We love you! Bye-bye! Bye! Bye!